When I went to Israel, I saw the Bible come to life. And I said, this is the word of God. This is real. Paul said, you will bless the Jews. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you scorn Israel, you will be scorned. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. It doesn't mean if you violate God's commandments, if you murder and you butcher people, if you kill civilians, you can't criticize them. And that if you go against them or try to hold them accountable, God's their personal bouncer. This notion that the Jews are a special people mm. for which they're arming and funding Israel to bomb Palestinians, wiping out whole families. That's all premised on this Zionist idea that the Jews are uniquely special people intrinsically. And that all comes out of a belief that only they were sent a message from God. It's almost giving them a sense of entitlement that they can do whatever they want, that yeah. they have carte blanche. But they should be fearful yeah. because God does not give carte blanche. Peace be upon you. Are Jews the chosen people of God? This is a common narrative amongst political Zionists, Zionists who say that they are the chosen people, and as such, they have a greater religious and moral right to the land of Palestine to make it, as they call it, Eretz Israel, the greater Israel. Um, this is the question that we're going to be tackling. And to do so, we are first going to be seeing some videos from some American people. Why don't you introduce them first? Well, there's nothing, nothing more to get you riled up and get your passion flowing than a nice Christian pastor from the evangelical South. So okay. Pastor John Hagee? Hagee? From San Antonio. Take it away. Israel may be shaken, but she is not shattered. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob guarantees Israel's deliverance will come as proclaimed every year during Passover. It says in every generation they rise against Israel to destroy it. And the Holy One, blessed be He, saves Israel from their hands. The Bible says, He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. To those who seek to justify the slaughter of Israelis by demon demonizing the Jewish state, Israel is not merely a state. When millions of Zionists mention Israel, they don't just mean the only freedom-loving democracy. Israel is this and more. Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel is the shining city on the hill. Israel says, God says of Israel, Israel is my firstborn son. Can we just pause for a second? I just feel it's important for us to remember that the official Christian doctrine is that all the Jews are going to hell. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah, that's so true. Jerusalem is the city of God. Jerusalem is the shoreline of eternity. Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel today and forever. So I find that really interesting because, I mean, it's just all garbage. Um, from his theological standpoint is yeah. what I mean. Yeah. He's just, he's just making, he's just, he's taking a position which is clearly in contravention. Uh, politically expedient. It's politically well. expedient, but spiritually it's garbage with respect to what he's saying. He, he yeah. believes, as you pointed out, if the Jews have not, uh, if you're not saved through Jesus, yeah. then you'll be thrown and cast into hell. Yeah. This is his view. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's a strange thing that they, the funny thing is, is that they, what they want to do is, as we mentioned in a previous video, they want to use Israel as a buffer and as a weapon against Islam. 
Mm. Right. That's, that's what, what Christian Zionism that's is. That's what Christian Zionism is all about. Right. Right. And they use all of these terms that Israel is a sh- shining city on the hill. You know, that's, that's the description the, they were meant to use for America. That's an American term for America. Yeah. That's uh, sacrilege to the American faith. That's sacrilegious to the, the statism <laughs> of the Americans. Um, and I, I find it extraordinary that they use these phrases like Israel is this, Israel is that, when uh, this is all kind of cherry picking from the Bible. Yeah. Because there's throughout the Bible, you have statements where God berates the Jewish people mm. repeatedly uh, that they, you've committed this sin, you've been worshipping Baal, you've been, you know, worshipping these idols, and then God punishes them repeatedly. Um, and God even says, I'm sick to death of your, I'm not sick, I'm sick of your sacrifices, you're the blood and the meat of your sacrifices. Mm. In other words, that these things, you're, they become rituals for you. Yeah. They're not, they're not meaningful anymore. Mm. Um, so God himself berates Israel, punishes Israel. And according to his own doctrines, they're all going to go to hell because they didn't accept Jesus. Yeah. Which, which raises the questions as to his both religious, religious and political motivations for this. As you said, yeah. religiously, this is used as a, as a weapon against Islam. That's right. And politically, I'm sure it's expedient for many of these people. Yeah. But it's theologically illiterate. Yeah. I mean, at least be honest as to what your own faith says. Yeah. And they believe when Jesus comes, because that's what they're trying to establish, they want uh, Israel to exist. They want Jesus to come. They believe that Jesus will then offer Jews the choice of believing in him, or if they don't, they'll be thrown in hell forever. Right, right. So again, extraordinarily cruel worldview. If we go on to the next video, it's, it's even more instructive in a way, actually. He looks like a stand-up gentleman. Let's see what he says. What Charlie nice Kirk. words he says. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you scorn Israel, you will be scorned. When I went to Israel, I was able to cry where Jesus cried where he was betrayed by Judas and arrested, where he rose from the dead and gives us eternal life. I am not an apologist for Israel, but I reject wholeheartedly this narrative. Christians who turn their back on Israel, it says in Genesis and Romans, 1 Thessalonians, Paul said you will bless the Jews. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you scorn Israel, you will be scorned. So it's really interesting, this video. I think as <clears throat> Charlie Kirk. He's quite an eloquent speaker. He's very, become very prominent on transgender issues. Hmm. Um, and he's a- an interesting character. He's done a really good interview with uh, Patrick Bed David as well. But this video I found so in- insightful because he completely, again, mutilates Christian scripture. Hmm. I mean, if you bless Israel, you will be blessed. Th- that's talking about the Israel as a nation and as a symbol of God's people. It doesn't mean that if you violate God's commandments, if you murder and you butcher people, if you kill civilians, you can't criticize them. And that if you go against them or try to hold them accountable, your God's going to like God's their personal bouncer. Yeah. Okay. That God is, God is a party and an abating, aiding and abetting yeah. sin, right. Of, of cruelty against the Palestinians. Right. Which is basically what he's saying yeah. that you have to support them unconditionally because God supports uh, the Jews unconditionally which is false. And that's, I think, what we want to get to the heart of here, which is that they have this belief and this, the Christians have, obviously the evangelical Christians have this view and the Jews have this view that God has chosen them such that even when they commit wrong, God has always got their back. Mm. This is this view that God has always got their back no matter what they do. Uh, I mean, and, and, and as you say, it is completely theologically illiterate, especially because even if you were to take this, um, these statements of Paul, which we wouldn't really accept anyway as, as Muslims, but let's say they accept them, right? I mean, this was obviously within a context. It doesn't mean that any group of later European converts who have some claim to being called children of Israel, yeah. but not as full a claim as others, yeah. 
would, if they make a state called Israel, that, oh, well, well my hands are tied. Yeah. I need to support them no matter what crimes they commit. Yeah. I mean, that is just absurd. Yeah, it wasn't even, the, the, the state of Israel didn't even exist at the time. Yeah. And the extraordinary thing is that Jesus himself cursed the Jewish people. Mm. This is the funniest thing. He's like, he who does not bless Israel, if you bless Israel, you will be blessed. What about Jesus? Yeah. Jesus cursed the Jewish people. Like, you look, look at the New Testament, it's full of his curse, cursing them, mm. right? He says, oh, ye children of Satan. Mm. He says, you are vipers. Vipers and yeah. Right? I mean, his, his language is chock full of, he says, for example, an adulterous and wicked, an adulterous and wicked nation hmm. seeketh a sign, but no sign shall be shown unto them except the sign of Jonah. See, Charlie Kirk, we can quote the Bible better than you. All right. <laughs> so, and the sign of Jonah was displayed. He did survive yeah. when he should have been killed, which was the sign of Jonah. Yeah. And he did survive the crucifixion and he fled east. And this is the funny thing about it. He says, I go, I was walking where uh, Jesus rose from the dead. Well, no, that's actually where Jesus survived the crucifixion and did not take your sins. Right. Um, and the the Bible, in actual fact, is being misused by Paul when he says that he who blesses Israel will be blessed. Hmm. Because Paul was, in actual fact, a Pharisee uh, in the garb hmm. of a follower of Jesus. And what he was trying to do is he was always trying to magnify yeah. um, the nation. The Jewish supremacist the Jewish notions. Jewish supremacist notions. Yeah. And this is something that I really want to emphasize, which is, can people tell me why Jesus was born of a virgin? Mm. Why was Jesus born of a virgin? Like, why? What? I, and like I, all the other prophets like of all Israel. all the other prophets of Israel, why was Jesus born of a virgin? Mm. Right? The reason Jesus was born of a virgin was because at their time, they had developed this Jewish supremacist view this kind of notion that they were exclusively, no matter what they do, no matter how they behave with respect to God's creatures, no matter mm. how they behave with respect to God's covenant, they will always be a, a special people that God will show greater favor to than other nations, right. as if God is their own personal racist. Uh, so <laughs> That's basically what it is. God is their own personal racist. It. So it's basically this idea of inherent supremacy. Inherent so supremacy. So nothing that you do can, can remove it, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas exactly. Jesus said, they called them a wicked and, and, and adulterous generation, right? And as you said, that, I mean, that this was according to Ahmadiyya theology well, yeah. and the saying Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He said very explicitly that the, the fact that Jesus was born from a virgin is a sign that the Jews were spiritually barren. Yep, that's exactly right. That they were no longer, none of, the, none of their men were worthy of being the father of a prophet. Yeah. Right, exactly and it right. was a sign that they were barren, and thus prophethood was about to be conferred to uh, the to the not to people who were not the children of Isaac, but to another people. And this is made explicit, and this is again another example of Jesus cursing hmm. uh, his own nation hmm. who had rejected him, not those who accepted him. Remember, the majority of Jews accepted Jesus. Ended up accepting him. They yes. ended up accepting Jesus. So we're not talking uh, about and, the Jews. Actually, we're not even talking about the Jews. And we're, those, talk, we're talking about those who have an ethno-supremacist mindset. Who are the ones who rejected Jesus? Yes. Well, some of them. We don't, not all of them. There are many Jews who don't have an ethno-supremacist mindset. I meant at the time of Jesus' peace. You've been talking about historically, yeah. right? So, so I mean, and what's very interesting is that when the Jewish were Roman I mean, Wars, Americans in particular, American young Jews are turning away from this ethno-supremacist mindset. And they are mindset, to be commended and because, be commended because the cultural uh, propaganda, if you will, is extremely strong. So to turn away from that in the in the cause of humanity it's very is, admirable is very and, admirable. and praiseworthy. Yeah. But if we look at the time of Jesus' peace be upon him, the Messianic Jews, the ones who accepted him, 
you know, incredibly, if you actually look at the, we don't have many reports of those of that era, but the reports that we do have indicates that on the basis of dreams, yeah. the Messianic Jews, the believers of Jesus were actually led away from the land of Judea where the wars were going to be. Yeah. And they were taken to a place of refuge, but, and then the Jewish Roman wars happened. Yeah. And, and many of those um, people who rejected Jesus or the, the next generation ended up being killed. Yeah. And that was a t town called Perea. Hmm. Um, and it's a, uh, I mean, the prayer is still a place. And there were three uh, great wars. Three great three, wars, Three yeah. Jewish-Roman wars. But the point I was trying to make was that you're absolutely right. So it's 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 all about the the fact that it was a symbol. Je Jesus being born without a mm. father mm. was a symbol and a signal yeah. that there is no man among you worthy mm. to be the father of the Messiah. Yeah. Right? So it's actually a way by for God to break their arrogance yeah. that we are the special chosen people. God's saying, you're not, you're not, you're so not special and chosen now mm. because of your deeds that I'm not even going to place the Messiah from amongst your men. There's none, no man among you is worthy of being his father. Yeah. Okay. And this is actually explained very beautifully by Jesus himself in Mark eleven thirteen, which completely gives the lie to Charlie Kirk's view of, oh, he who blesses Israel because it's a land called Israel like, you know, uh, 2000 years later, we just must, you know, sanction what it does and, and give it cover for what it does. In Mark eleven thirteen, Jesus says, it says the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry, seeing mm. in the distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves mm. because it was not the season for figs. Mm. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Mm -hmm. And his disciples heard him say it. Read this, read this paragraph. It's like, it makes no sense. Yeah. He's hungry. He goes up to a tree, which he knows is not in season. And it doesn't have any fruit because it's not in season. Yeah. And he curses it. What does that mean? Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus spoke in parables. So he's not actually talking about figs here. He's not talking about figs. He's not a horticulturist. He's not a horticulturist. He probably was a horticulturist. You know I mean, who, who knows? But he was talking about... Spiritual you know, horticulture. He's, he's talking about... <laughs> He was talking about the nation to whom he had been sent, mm. the people of Judea who were going to reject him. Right. He came to them and they were not ready to receive him. The fig tree was a, a representation yeah. of the Jewish nation. Yeah. Okay. So for example, in the Quran also refers to them by the fig and the olive and Mount Sinai and this city of security. Yeah. Right. So these are symbols, right? When he says that... You will may no no one ever eat fruit from you again. It's a statement saying that you will have no more prophetic revelation in your community after me. Right. That's what it means. It means because you rejected me, those who reject me will never see prophethood amongst them again. And how is that going to be resolved? Well, Jesus himself, peace be upon him, spoke about it in Luke thirteen thirty five. He says, "See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me." until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yes. Your house is left to you desolate and I, I shall not, and you shall not see me until you say first, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes. In the name of Allah. Right. So it was a sign 
that profited was going to be transferred. And you would not see someone coming with the name of Jesus, with the name of the Messiah, until you believe in the universal Messiah, in the prophet, in the, in the great prophet that was to come, yeah. who was the great prophet. Because he said, him, you will not Muhammad. see me hence, yeah. unless you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Who is the person who came in the name of the Lord? It was the one who brought a book, which every single chapter begins with the words, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, blessed, um, in the name of uh, in Allah. The name of Allah. Yeah. the gracious, the merciful. So unless you become a follower of Muhammad, you will not see the second coming of Christ because the second coming of Christ was to occur within the ummah, within the following of Muhammad, yeah. which has happened with the coming of Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, who was born in 1835, died in 1908, and founded the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam. And people may say to us, no, well, this is just a Muslim perspective. No, actually, this is a Jewish perspective. Because yeah. if you go to Deuteronomy, and if you go to um, slide uh, 23, uh, so we just go two on. This was something which was said to be in Deuteronomy because, you know, if the Jews are the chosen people in the way that they think uniquely supreme for the rest of time, yeah. then why was it said by Moses in Deuteronomy that prophethood will, will go to a different people? It says in Deuteronomy 18, 17 to 19, and the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But then he says, and a false prophet will die. Yeah, will be killed <coughs> and will be destroyed. And the, and the so prophet, he, gives a, he gives very clear yeah. indications of his quality. So it'll be a prophet. Yeah. like Moses hmm. from among the brethren of Israel of hmm. the children of Israel right who will speak the So not from the from not from the no. the children of Isaac No not from the children of uh uh Ishaq yet yeah, from the children of Ishmael Yeah right who are the brother of Isaac Yeah and he, God will put Older his brother. God will put his words in his mouth which means these are dictated revelation Yeah this is not like inspiration that oh I believe that God tells me this and I write in my own words right. it is that the words of God are placed in his mouth directly Yeah and that the Quran is the claims to be the dictated word of God the Quran yeah. does not claim to be the inspired word of God and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him <laughs> in other words he will fulfill his mission Yeah and it shall come to pass that whosoever will will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name. Again, in that concept of blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, mm. right? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, the first words of every chapter of the Quran. I will require it of him. And then God gives a criteria. Mm. Um, if, you, if you see a prophet who says I speak, he speaks in my name, but I have not commanded him to speak, even that prophet shall be killed. I shall, I shall that, even that prophet shall die, shall be finished. And mm. that means his movement will be finished. Yeah. Nobody can claim that Islam was finished. Islam is one of the great religions of world history. Yeah, right? and the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him survived twenty three years and survived. fulfilled his fulfilled the revelation of the Quran, exactly. fulfilled his mission. No, no prophet in history was as successful as him. He conquered Mecca, Medina, and the whole of Arabia was unified in his lifetime. So, a question first for first time in human history, right? So, a question for the Jews and Christians is: Who else was this fulfilled in? And if the Jews were supposed to be the chosen people for all for all time, then how come Moses, peace be upon him, said that prophethood would would arise from a different people, and you shall be required to accept them? What this tells us is that the Jewish religious identity was not one which was meant to be held forever. Yeah. It was meant to be a transitional identity for a period of time for the Israelites yeah. before they accepted this prophet. Yeah. Jesus, peace be upon him, was their Messiah. And he himself said 
that you shall not see me again and until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of my Lord. Yeah, which, so which name of back, the Lord. So, name of the Lord. So if we go back to chapter to slide 21, the question has to be asked and the Christians are going to be putting this to us, which is that how do we explain these verses? Deuteronomy 7, 6, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen to be a people for his treasured possession of all out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. Chapter 14, verse 2 of Deuteronomy, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his own possession. Exodus, 19.5, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. How would you explain these phrases of God mm. that describe clearly the nation of Israel to be his chosen people? Well, according to the Holy Quran, you know, we're coming from a Muslim perspective, but it also makes sense in this context. They were people who were spiritually exalted. They were given uh, prophethood and uh, given a rank of spirituality that was higher than everyone else on earth. At the time. At the time, right? But that did not mean that they didn't reject their prophets and fell into God's disfavor. Afterwards. In fact, they did many times with many different prophets. Yeah. And it got to a point where, as we have said, the spiritual condition of the Jews deteriorated so much that they were left, they were basically given one final chance. Yeah, yeah? with Jesus. With Jesus, peace be upon him. And he was a, a special prophet from among the Israelite prophets in terms of his spiritual power. And thus he was able to reform many, many of them, mm. right? The 10 tribes of Israel, who were the Northern Kingdom of Israel, they were scattered and they converted to him. Then many, or actually most of the two tribes of the Southern tribes of Israel, the Southern Kingdom, they also converted, right? And there was only a remnant who actually ended up disbelieving in him. That was because of Jesus' great spiritual power. But he said that someone else will come. And that mm. was the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And in fact, there, there is no last chance, actually. There's a chance for everybody in every mm. nation, isn't there? Right. Um, and so that, in actual fact, what, what we mean is as a nation, yeah. if they persist in rejecting prophets, yeah. but every generation has their opportunity. Every individual has every their opportunity. Every individual has their opportunity. Now, now, this idea of being a chosen people and being, and being the, 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 um, a chosen people, we've shown that in, in the Jewish context, it was temporary, it was uh, tied to their actions. But let's go to the last slide now. And this, this Quranic concept explains this very well. And this is in chapter 3, verse 111, where God says, and this is to, to the Muslims in the Quran, you are the best people raised for the good of mankind. You enjoin what is good and forbid evil and believe in Allah. And if the people of the book had believed, it would have surely have been better for them. Some of them are believers, but most of them are disobedient. Yeah. So what do you take away from this? How, how is this a rejoinder to the Jewish supremacist idea yeah. that the Jews are eternally the chosen people? Yeah. So this is, this is ex God explains here what it means to be a chosen people. Hmm. It says, you're the best people raised for the good of mankind. You enjoy what is good and forbid evil and believe in God, in Allah, the one God. So if you fulfill those criteria, then you, then you are amongst God's chosen people at that time. Hmm. But that's not to say that if you reject that, that somehow God was still going to be attached to you. Mm. God's not your own per Like, we are all the creatures of God. We're all the children. We're all the creatures of God. We're all uh, created in the image of God in the basic sense of the term. Well, and, and in the Bible, we are called the children of God. Right? That, that's a metaphor the that the Bible uses. Yeah, we don't use that in it, really. In chapter 2, verse 123 to 126 of the Quran, the Quran really breaks down this question mm. of... You know, what does it mean to be a, a chosen people? It says, O ye children, remember of Israel, remember my favor which I bestowed on you and that I exalted you above all peoples. Right? And then God explains what's meant by that. Mm. See, so God uses the idiom of the Bible, yeah, yeah. but then contextualizes it <laughs> yeah. so you can understand what it even means in the Bible. Yeah. Right? Because if it, God just said, I exalt you above the people of the time, yeah. 
then people, they would say, well, this is wrong. This is, we were, we, it says in our Bible that we are exalted above all the people. Mm. So now God uses the same phrase, but then explains it. Mm. And fear the day when no soul shall serve as a substitute for another soul at all, nor shall any ransom be accepted from it, nor shall any intercession avail of it, nor shall they be helped. In other words, you're not going to get out of anything. Yeah. There's no way, neither, nobody else is going to pay a penalty for you. You're not going to be able to pay a ransom for yourself. Nobody's going to intercede on your behalf and nobody's going to help you out of charity. Okay. Yeah. All the ways of access, you're going to have to actually be worthy. And says, remember when his Lord tried Abraham with certain commands, which he fulfilled. In other words, even Abraham was not specially holy mm. insofar as he had something intrinsic. He had to fulfill certain commandments. Mm before God favored him. He may have had a higher spiritual capacity, but he uh, still had to, he, he was That's still what I mean. it's, there's nothing bound upon him to, to obey God. He was special by virtue of his actions. Mm. He was not special without his actions. Mm. That's what I mean, right? So if you think you're special, how much more special was Ibrahim, Abraham? Mm. This is mm. what God is, this is the message God is giving. God even tried Abraham with certain commandments, which he fulfilled. And he said, I will make thee a leader of men. Abraham asked, and from among my offspring? He said, my covenant does not embrace the transgressors. Mm. So what's the message there? It means those of your children who are transgressors will not be special. And it, and it prophesies that there will be transgressors from amongst them. Exactly. And then it explains further. Remember the time when we made the house a resort for mankind, the, the Kaaba, and a place of security, and take ye the station of Abraham as a place of prayer. And we commanded Abraham and Ishmael, saying, Purify my house for those who perform the circuit, and for those who remain therein for devotion, and for those who bow down and fall prostrate in prayer. Mm. In other words, the commandments of Abraham were related to purifying yourself, yeah. to worshipping God, and, and being obedient to God's commands. Mm. So you can't fall outside the boundaries of that, so, so after it says, my covenant does not embrace the transgressors, it now tells you what it is you need to do to make sure you're not among the transgressors. Yeah. Can we just go back one slide? This is a post from the Times of Israel. Well, this is about what happens if you don't embrace Correct. this kind of universalist, equal opportunities philosophy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Islam gives you, yeah. which is every people had their prophets. The Jews were exalted for a period, but they misused uh, that that station and thus um, the, the prophet was transferred to others. And now everyone has their own individual trials. Yeah, absolutely. But we, yeah, but the message of Islam is there for everybody to, yeah. as a yeah. path to God. Um, the, and that's open for all. And, and this is, I think, the most important thing we really want to highlight. This notion that the Jews are a special people especially for God that these Christian Zionists hold mm -hmm. and for which they're arming and funding Israel to bomb Palestinians to death, mm. wiping out whole families. That's all premised on this Zionist, Christian Zionist idea that the Jews are somehow, and the Jewish Zionist idea, of course, as well, which is that they are a uniquely special people intrinsically. Yeah. Right? And that all comes out of a belief that only they were sent a message from God. Mm. So what does Islam say about that? Well, Quran, the Quran says that there is no people who have not been sent a warner, that a warner was raised among every people. Every people, the Quran says in multiple verses. Every, that, yeah, prophet is the word uh, used as well, not yeah, the verses. That a prophet has been raised amongst every people. Yeah. So, I mean, you a know. A messenger we sent, yeah, a messenger, Rasul, yeah. Yeah. So, well, warn, you know, saying, uh, worship Allah and um, shun the evil, shun the one. evil one. Yeah. You know, so this is the basic message of Islam and every major religion uh, revealed by a prophet was something which was shared, which is, you know, God is one and do good unto others and yeah. purify yourself. That was the message which the Quran says was given to everybody. Judaism does not have such a universalist perspective because it was only concerned with the, with the Israelites because it was... It was one of those national religions. Yeah. But actually, to be fair to it, 
Moses, peace be upon him, did say that, yeah. that another people would be given a prophet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They had the prophecy of a universal religion like all national religions had. Yeah. Every national religion prophesied the coming of the prophet Muhammad. He, and the Dajjal. And the Dajjal, the great liar. The prophet Muhammad himself said, I was, I was prophesied by every nation. Every mm. messenger prophesied my coming. Mm. Okay. So the, the point I want to emphasize here is that because it's a national religion, it's a way station on the way to the international religion, which is of Islam. Good way putting it, yeah. Um, the national religion had no framework of understanding what is the place of other nations. Yeah. What is the guidance that God has given to other nations? Because they didn't even have it within their conception. They don't even have it within their concept. If you ask a Jew, well, what about the Australian Aborigines? What about mm. the Native Americans? Were they given a Torah? Were they given a, a Torah teaching? They'll say, well, perhaps, maybe. The charitable amongst them will say, yes, maybe. But if you ask them for their scripture, mm. where is it written? They can't point to anything. There's no statement there that every nation had a messenger. On the contrary, they're told they're the special people. Mm. They're the uniquely special people. And this is why you get these kind of, when these national religions persisted after Islam, mm. right, which was the international religion, which said, yes, every single nation has had their warner and prophet. So respect and believe in all of them. Mm. This is why the Quran emphasizes belief in Jesus and Moses and all of them, mm. right? Because it has an internationalist perspective, it is a religion of true peace. Yeah, Because it is a religion which necessitates you to believe in the divine origin of Judaism, the divine origin of G uh, 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 that Jesus was a prophet from God. And, and it humbles you all to being equal creations of God. Yeah, because he but, sent a message to everybody. Yeah. Hinduism uh, was from the Bhagavad Gita originally, its original form, whatever the revelations originally were, hmm. they're also from God. But what happens to a culture amongst people who are, you know, who don't have that view and are taught a supremacist um, uh Ideology. Well, you've well, you've got two examples, two major examples of national religions which persisted yeah. uh, past the point when they should have accepted international an international religion, which is Islam, which is Hinduism and Judaism. Right. And amongst both, you develop this supremacist ideology. Yeah. Right. And actually, they're often quite linked politically. Yeah, and, and even politically, the the Indian uh, the Indian subcontinent, the Hindu fascists. They are the ones who support Israel the most fanatically, mm. right? And the reason is, is because they also have this notion that God only sent guidance to the Hindus, yeah. to the people living around the Indus Valley River, right. right? So the Jews have this view that only the Israel, only the family of Jacob yeah. received messages from God and all of mankind besides them were completely left barren. What, does that, what must that tell you if you're raised in that ideology? It must tell you that you are special. Yeah. If you, out of all the nations of the earth... Yeah, it's like it's it's a four year old philosophy that is just generalized over entire cultures. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and then if you're again, if you're Hindu, you have this view that God selected the people of the Indus Valley River because they were the most special. Why else would God, the creator of the entire universe, choose only your race if you're not special? Yeah. So you can argue that no, 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 it, it doesn't really mean no. It necessarily means and, you're special. And you know what else the Quran says? There's life on other planets. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, not that special. The Quran either. universalizes it beyond Earth. <laughs> The Quran says not only that there's like- And, and that the divine command, this is a quote, divine command comes down in their midst. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. they receive revelation. That they receive, the aliens receive revelation. <laughs> so they've got their own teaching. Don't you worry about them. We'll take care yeah. of them. Right? I wonder what some of these true believers- And we've got, in a, great, we've got a great article on our website, rationalreligion.co.uk yeah, called First Contact about uh, alien life but mentioned in the Quran. I wonder if when alien life does come, what, what if they'll say, no, no, we're the chosen people. We're the chosen people. <laughs> we, we received a Torah on a mountain and, and you just got to respect that. And that's why we actually uh, own your planet. Um, 
<laughs> but this is the this new Zion. This is what happens when you this this quote here. I want to mm. show this quote because this is what happens when you develop a supremacist ideology based on the notion that. <laughs> You alone received a message from God and nobody else did. So this is from the Times of Israel blog by Moshe Mordechai van Zuiden. And I'm sure there are many Jews who will decry this guy as an extremist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. And I don't doubt Especially he, many I don't young, doubt he is an extremist. Many young Western Jews. Ma so many that. young Western Jews. I, I agree. But I want to show this not as an example to generalize across all Jews, uh, because it's obviously not true, especially with a lot of the protests. For example, Jewish Voices for Peace in the UK in, on Capitol Hill. You've had Torah Judaism, Torah Jews. You know, but but this is an important strain which forms the political culture in Israel. Exactly, you can't ignore it. Exactly, this is a common view amongst uh, Israeli religious Jews. Mm. Okay, and that is what's f what what's behind as the ideological basis mm. for ethnically cleansing the Palestinians. Okay. And this is a quote from him. So in this, in this blog, he writes in the times of Israel, he says, when our, he's talking about anti-Semitism, he's talking about racism and comparing, he's making, drawing a distinction between racism against other nations and anti-Semitism, why anti-Semitism is particularly pernicious. Hmm. He's saying it's, it's a worse form of racism. So it's than, an exception. Uh, it's atrocity exceptionalism. Correct. Yeah. So he says, when our parents say they want to be our friends, that's nice, but we better also respect them as teachers. Totally equalizing them is demeaning them and arrogant of us. When Jews say they want to be everyone's friends and allies, that's nice. But Gentiles better also give them respect as their teachers. Totally equalizing them is demeaning them and arrogant. Note, we are not the Christian's older brother. Too many older brothers in the Hebrew Bible were passed over by younger siblings. We are their parents. Mm. And he says, then the idea that Jews should be no different than Gentiles already implies opposing Jews, as if they should just adjust to majority norms, integrate in a similar way. And then in a later paragraph, he says this, Judaism laid much of the foundation of all monotheism, one God, science, one universe, and democracy, equality in the world. That's why hatred of Jews is the ultimate ungratefulness. Not rejection of God. Not rejection of God. Hatred of God isn't the ultimate ungratefulness. How can he say equality in the world while he's saying these things? I don't understand. That's why hatred of Jews is the ultimate ungratefulness, throwing mud on Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Einstein, and Herzl. I mean, Einstein... He believes Jesus was... Einstein it? despised Herzl. So he called him... He regarded him as... An, he didn't despise him, but he regarded him as a, as Zionism, as, a, as an extremist... Hatred of Jews belief. is throwing mud on Jesus. What? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. He regards Jesus as somebody who will, you know, burn in hell. And he says, and, and this is what really gets me, this last sentence, and therefore the Holocaust doesn't compare to any other genocide, Armenian included, though they're all horrific. Hmm. What's he saying there? Well, he's saying that the, well, he's, he's, he's literally saying that the, any, any, any crime against the Jews, by virtue of them being Jews, is a worse crime yeah. than against any others. He's not saying... So even if the same crime is perpetrated yeah. because the victims are special, the crime is special. Yeah. And, and I think this whole, the whole ideology... He's not saying the Holocaust is worse because of the numbers. No, no. He's saying it's because of the status of the victims. It's because of the status of the victims. And and behind all the and, and what this is all driving at is I think, you know, essentially this idea that because we have been the victim because we are we are very, very special. Yeah. Um we have been the victims of horrific crimes, which is true. Yeah. It's almost giving them a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Those uh the Zionists in, in Israel. A sense of entitlement that they can do whatever they want. That yeah. they have carte blanche. Yeah, that they are, and the Christian Zionists give them that carte blanche as well. The US yeah. supports them in that way, but but they should they should be they should be fearful. 
Because God does not give carte blanche. No, he doesn't. He does not allow people to uh, commit injustices um, uh, in perpetuity. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And they should fear God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've, who, who is the true sovereign? Yeah, who is the true sovereign? Exactly. And um, I think you've put it very nicely there. I think that the they... I think that there's a real awakening amongst a lot of the younger generation now hmm. that they they can't, this is a completely unacceptable worldview hmm. to hold. Um, and that they're perhaps even looking at their religion in a different light. Yeah. That Jews are not special intrinsically. Yeah. And a lot of Jews are moving to the view that you're only special if you hold the commandments. Right. And that's a much healthier way of being. Yeah. Because that at least ties your specialness to your behavior. Well, to you your know, actions. One commandment of, of Moses is do not murder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Another is do not envy what your neighbor has. Yeah. Do not co covet your neighbor's property or anything of your neighbor. The, whole, the, the verse is actually quite long. It talks about different things of your neighbor. Yeah. So if the um, Israeli Jews followed that, I mean, it would be a, it'd be an, a region of total peace if they truly followed the law of, of, of Moses, peace be upon them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that this is you getting back to this idea that because this victim is special, if you a crime against the a Jewish person because they're they're very special. They're more special than others. The crime against them is worse than a crime mm. committed against others. That might explain the mentality that the Israeli <coughs> military and the Israeli government have yeah. of complete pure disproportionality. That when 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 um when Hamas attacked them, yeah. they kill five, six times the number. Right. And killing any civilian is actually inherently disproportionate anyway. By Hamas or Israel? By Hamas or Israel, because they never committed the crime. Just proportionality only applies to the criminal. Yeah, proportionality is on the bounds of legitimacy. Yeah, exactly. So, but but nevertheless, you know, you talk about, you, talk, you can talk about Ben Shapiro, for example. He says, no, disproportionality is the point. We want disproportionality to eradicate Hamas and to teach them a permanent lesson. Mm. But actually that's informed by this view that the crime was up because we're very special. Well, one of us is worth a hundred of them. One of us is worth a hundred. And million. also if, if being the, if, if you're so special, then it diminishes the value of life of others. So yeah, if you, if you, if you kill, you know, a thousand Palestinians, what is it really worth? It's basically a dehumanizing philosophy. Correct. And, uh, and I think, I think the, the, the heartening aspect is the whole world is waking up to this, um, to, you know, to this dehumanizing as well to, to, to Zionism as being a, uh, you know, words kind of you know, don't do it justice, but of being a extremely negative worldview. And many young Jews around the world are also seeing that, you know, there is no need to be a Zionist if you're a Jew. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely well, right. there's no, there's no problem having pride in, fact, in your a heritage. Lot, a lot of Jews are saying that it's, it's antithetical to Judaism. Yeah. And, and there's no, there's no problem with having a, not pride in your heritage, but a sense of that you should do honor onto it, but you should do honor into it with your actions. With your actions, not by virtue that you're special intrinsically. And as the Quran says, you have been raised, you know, for, you, you're the best people who've been raised for the good of mankind because you forbid evil and you enjoin good. Yeah. That's what we all have to do. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And if we fail to do that, then guess what? We're not special. Yeah. There's nothing special about us. And even if we do that, we're still not special, actually. Yeah. Only yeah. God is special. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's the reality. That's why the first words of the Quran are, <clears throat> Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. That all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds. Mm. All praises, it belongs to him, originates from him, returns to God. Mm. All praises with God. It's not with us. Mm. That is the correct worldview. So that's also in the Torah, which is that you're not special by virtue of you. Mm. You're special if you follow God's commandments because God is special. Mm. And even then that doesn't become your specialness. Mm. It's only that you are a reflection of God. 
Yeah. So you're taken on a reflection of God by obeying God. Yeah. But actually the praise is with God and it returns to God. It was never yours. Mm. That's the true essence of religion, which is humility. Well, we hope you've enjoyed that video. Please subscribe if um, you want to see more of these. Comment below, do you believe the Jews are the chosen people? Do you believe someone else is the chosen people? What do you think about our analysis of being chosen? Uh, and also give the video a like and follow us on our various social medias. And also download our podcasts, which are on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever is your chosen platform. You are, you are hereby impelled to do all of those things. Thank you very much. Peace be upon <laughs>